And yeah, what if I tried something like this? You know, maybe a It's a little laid back. Maybe you want something a little heavier. Uh, well, probably not heavy, but you're now listening to. Guys, hi. Hi. Welcome back. That was a powerful greeting. How are you? Okay. All right. I'm assuming that you said something generally positive right there. Stuttering off the top of the podcast. Going to redo it? Nope. This is just life. You don't get any rehearsals, everybody. There's one chance. You got to take it. I almost... um busted into an Eminem rap from 10 years ago right there, but I didn't. I think that was a good thing. I think I'm saving you in that case. Guys, hi, hello, hello. This week, you know what? I'm avoiding this. I'm avoiding saying this guy's name because I always mispronounce it. I know how to spell it very well. I love this man, but I'm going to butcher his name because I, I, I don't know. You guys, I'm just horrible at pronouncing things sometimes. Elaine is his name, Elaine. Mercica, Mercica. That's his name. You're gonna, you know what? You're gonna read it. You're, you've read it. You've clicked it. I should have got him to say it for you. But in any case, just you know, look into him. This guy's cool. He's a writer. He's a comedian. He's a poet. He's a producer of movies and shorts. And anyway, you'll hear him talk about some of that stuff. But that's not what it was really about this week. This week got deep fast. So I hope you're into that. And you know what? I believe you are. Here's another thing I hope you're into. I realize that I should just mention it. I should mention it because maybe you don't know about it. Um, I had a tweet this week, you guys. It did okay. All right. It didn't go viral, (laughs) but it was, you know, well favorited. Anyway, this was it. It said, I put the sensual in consensual if you want. Hilarious, right? Hilarious. Somebody joked around, said I should make a t-shirt of that, that they would wear such a t-shirt. Then guess what I did? I made a t-shirt of it um, through this company called Teespring. I don't know if they're any good or not any good, but it was quick and easy to do. Set it up, did it. So you can go to Teespring, that's a T-E-E, spring.com slash consensual Check out the shirts. See if you want to buy one. They're like twenty bucks. They, they, they. I, I couldn't go much lower than that just because of um, all the fees that Teespring was chucking my way. But I've paid twenty dollars for a T-shirt before. I think you could too. The front says, "I put the sensual in consensual." The back says, "Ellipsis." If you want, pretty great, right? Pretty great. I just feel like you could make good friends if you were wearing that t-shirt out in the world. And who knows, maybe it would turn into sexy times, wink, wink with somebody. I would make out with someone that was wearing that shirt. I mean, if they, if they wanted me to, I'd be tempted to jump them, but that would be um, an ironic twist of the entire meaning of the shirt, wouldn't it? Let me tell you this tale. Wasn't planning on, will now. I used to have a shirt that I loved. It was a it was a gray t-shirt with black writing and all it said was apathy. That's all it said on the front, apathy. And it was um, associated with WALF, W-A-L-F, the uh, radio station of my university, Alfred University, in case you're wondering, very tiny little liberal arts college tucked away in upstate New York, beautiful place. The, um, the radio station was in a castle, 
in an actual like stone castle thing. Anyway, interesting. Wealth. Sure, it said apathy. And one day I was walking in the, on the streets of, I believe it was Binghamton, New York. And a young gentleman walked by me and said this out of nowhere, just as we were passing. He said, apathy, schmapathy, who cares? Oh my gosh, my little heart went pitter patter. And I, I just kind of giggled and kept walking. But when I think about it now, that man might have been my soulmate. Might have been. I was a little too caught up in the whole world of lesbianism at that time. Shh, still am. But he might have been my soulmate. And I really regret not turning around and asking that man if he wanted to go have coffee. Apathy, schmapathy, who cares? Anyway, I'll tell you what you won't be apathetic about. This next podcast, segue, you're going to love it. You know, whatever. Maybe you won't. What do I have to tell you? You're already listening. You're already listening. I don't have to tell you if you're going to love it or not love it. I'm getting into weird comedian hosting mode. You just go ahead and listen. Turn it off if you don't like it. Nobody's feelings are hurt. Uh, what else is happening? During this podcast, um, Elena and I were upstairs at Theater St. Catherine while the show Grinders was going on. Grinders is a lovely open mic that happens on Tuesdays at Theater St. Catherine, kicking off at 9 aiming to be over by 11 but you know what i secretly think the best nights are the nights that aren't over by 11 when there's freaking 17 people on the bill and it just keeps going and then suddenly it's you know 11 45 on a tuesday and you're just spitting your deepest fears to seven or eight hangers on anyway that's what i love that's what i love when we're just all in it together at nearly midnight on a tuesday just owning the fact that none of us have anywhere better to be this is the best choice we could all make on a tuesday the show's called grinders and at some point you will hear some ambient ambient you know what i'm saying ambient noise uh of grinders you'll hear some some singing at some point and some maybe some chatter. Okay. So just, uh, yeah, I'm aware of it. Now you're aware of it. Guys, it's all happening again. The podcast. How much fun is this? It's fun for me. I'll see you again uh, next week. Enjoy this week. How can we fight stress? Tell me everything you know. I mean, I always fought it with sort of just being like, life is okay because I can hang out with Deanne Smith. No, I can (laughs) hang out with my friends and smile and laugh at life and I can wake up in the morning, have a coffee, and call a good close friend. Or I can write. I can write whatever jokes I want to write. There's these free. You know, there's this. You fought it with your own mind, with your own positivity. Yeah, this all I, sounds good. And I do feel that lack of competitiveness helps too. I, there's every day a new competitive thing hits me, and I'm like, I guess I'm supposed to be competitive about that, and then it stresses me right away, and then I'm like, so if we can remove competitiveness, and social media has a huge influence there because. Because, well, social media is another thing is that we see so many images that stress us out. It's true. Okay. Designed. It feels like they're designed to stress us out. It does feel like that. And I'm going to get back to all of this. But (laughs) I think like we need to start here all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Why are you stressed or what are you stressed about right now? Well, right now... Like when we're talking about stress, what do we... What's the background here? At a personal level, in the grand scheme of things, I feel like right now my, my biggest stress is like I want time. To not stress. I want to be able to relax with zero time. Like, I remember those. I, I still get those times. They happen. But it's hard. Now I feel like I got to dig for those times where it's like, oh, I got three days. What do I have? No deadlines. No artistic projects. No working class projects. Just 
Chill Dog Fest 99 you know, for three days. Like, I'm just talking oh, three chill days. Chill Dog Fest 99 sounds <laughs> awesome. I want to be there. So what do you... Time, I would say, is a, big, is a big factor. So what's going on in your world? Not everybody knows you. You run a theater. I have three kids. You have a family. <laughs> You're I'm doing a... projects. Tell me everything that's taking your time. Well, kids, obviously. But to me, that's chill. Like, I go see my kids and they're like, hey, dad... I... Let's go play baseball or let's, you know, let's, they even love writing poems. They love doing art. So like they're never, they rarely, only when they're like, I hate you, I don't love you, do they create stress. And that's like once every five seconds. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> once every five months. Literally. How old are they now? They're uh, five, seven, nine. Okay. Yeah. No, they, I don't think they create much stress. They do take time. Like I have to, you know, go get them and <laughs> be there next to them. But uh, I find a lot of stress comes from like ideas of success, you know, feeling like, oh, I'm or not making enough money and not making enough. Uh, not having enough money is yeah. a huge stress and it's real. Mm-hmm. People talk about money can't buy happiness, but that's straight up not true. Money can buy happiness if it means that you're taking care of your check, like, basic like, business. Yeah, yeah. basic, basic <laughs> services. Yeah. Although I always remember when I was working, I was selling Christmas trees in New York City. And this guy working for the UN befriended me and we, you know, and he said, Alan, I tell you, I've lived in New York most of my life. And, uh, but I've, he was Austrian. That's my Austrian accent. Okay, I like it. And, but when I was in Africa, working in Africa, it was the poorest people in the world, so to speak, or, but they were way happier than everyone in New York. Like he just said, like, sure, they're poor. And yeah, there's hardships. There's definite hardships that I don't think anyone would want to live, but they 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 had more happiness. He's like, I swear to God, everyone here is stressed about money, stressed about success, and there's a violence in the air, and uh, and that really always affected me. That too is like, yes, I yeah, we need basic money, we need money, we need you need rent, you need food, you need I don't know, you need to be able to go places, you need to be able to do things, and and you know I think we all respect that money is a part of this work, so you know you have to earn something in life, but but. It, there is also a huge part of me that's like that joie de vivre or whatever that he, I, I imagine this man was speaking of when he spoke of Africa. Yeah, I, like I don't want to like, like glorify too much. I but like, like you're also like, and I have no idea what exactly he was yeah. talking about. Yeah. But I just sort of picture me like, you know, it's like when I was a kid you in Halifax, you walk around and you're just, you're having a good time and you're learning and you're loving life and there's still violence. There's still things, crazy shit happening. Like your friends are fighting, but there's this overall vibe of like, I don't have any stress. And I don't want to Chill Fest 89. Yeah, Chill Fest 89. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know, sometimes I do the Facebook famine, you know, I'm like, no Facebook for a week. I find sometimes that does help. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, did it help? I don't know. Well, you were talking about success. Do you, do you think that's like a, I feel like that might be an internal stress that you're giving yourself. Is, it, is there some marker that, I do think other people are judging you. What is the stress about success? You want to be a multimillionaire? That's, I mean, I think that's a reasonable goal. Are you going to be stressed till you get there? <laughs> I'll be super stressed. I am too blessed to be stressed. I, I don't know. It's like, yeah, I mean, having a theater is definitely, having a theater, having kids is definitely made me feel like, I guess that's a success of sorts. And But, you know, there's still uh, many goals. I feel like, I don't, you know, I don't feel like, uh, I don't feel like, uh, I don't know. I feel like just m- more, uh, you know, being a bit more... Uh, like I, you know, this is gonna sound cheesy, but maybe like international or something, or more like known a known entity or something like that. Yeah, or known. I don't not know known, but do like you, what do you want to be creating great works of art yeah. that make people feel better about themselves? Like I, I feel like I've done it at a local level, but I don't feel like I've I've moved beyond that, and I don't want to feel like one of those insular people that was like, yeah, I made a bunch of people in my living room laugh, and and, and I moved them with some stories, but. 
it didn't go beyond that. It was just a small living room. I don't want to just. I just don't want to die in the living room. Well, I think you're someone I look up to, though. I feel like you have, you have, you've done shows all across Australia, America, I assume, Canada, uh, England. Like that's something I aspire to do too. You know. Well, it's funny because you're talking about this kind of external idea of success or that maybe you're stressed at the moment in some ways because you're not achieving what you want to be achieving, uh, like professionally or artistically, maybe. Um, and I think that's concrete and that's reasonable. I just feel like I'm just stressed all the time. Like, it's just yeah, my you default. Yeah, you have a true neurosis. Like, <laughs> like, like, I'm like, and I get that too, you know, when you're like, is this world crazy or like, is shit going to blow up? I don't know what your personal ones are, but me, it's like... I don't know. I just don't even know how to relax. I, just go, I, I, I go in the streets here in Montreal and I'm like, there's there's death everywhere or like I'm just... I or There's filth everywhere or there's... I just have these perverse also like fascinations with... Uh, not fascinations, but sort of imaginations. Imagining like horrible things. Yeah. Well, the city itself is stressful, I think. And and Theatre St. Catherine, while an oasis of creativity and artistic freedom and love, is situated in a wacky part of town, oh, right? Yeah. Let's let people know what's going oh, on yeah. here. Often <laughs> I see blood. You walk out onto St. Catherine. Around Theatre St. Catherine. You're, I'm, right now I'm looking through the window at a flashing neon sign that says Pussy Core. This yeah. is this is where you guys are at. Yeah. And I mean, I know this is it's it's a brothel. <laughs> there's a brothel next door. <laughs> That's disconcerting. But there's also a like, safe injection clinic just one door down, too. That's not I mean, this is also uh, there's hope there, too. Listen, so, I'm not putting down the neighborhood. I'm just for other people to I'm just giving other people an idea of where we're where we're at. <laughs> It's a stressful environment that you walk out onto every day. For sure, yeah. And that you have to walk through to get here. No, yeah, it's true. You sometimes you do feel like you're in like a Babylonian style, uh, or like uh, Sodom, or uh, what are they gone? Like when you, have you ever seen like those movies where they they show what Sodom looked like? Is that what? I'm like, <laughs> that's so funny. It's kind of like near TSC. It's like yeah. lots of people like asking you for things and uh, shady, you know, hookers and things like that. And it's like that is sort of this area. But I mean, so is Manhattan. So are many places. And yeah, it's also inspiring because I'm like these people all. I, I believe in that that sort of every person has a is worth our time, even though like I still like you know you ignore the bums. I don't know, but sometimes I'm like bums. They have no stress. There's a good example. Like this guy, like yeah, I'm sure he does. Well, that's that's like, a bit of an ignorant statement, but it's like that guy can just go walk north. <laughs> he can spend a week just walking north. Yeah, and, and that's all he's got to do. He doesn't have anything else on the go. You know, or find food. Yeah, you know, he's got to find food and shelter. Got to find food and shelter, but like he gets himself hundred bucks. Yeah, day's work, and then he just walks. Maybe, through. maybe bum by choice. Maybe that's what we're saying. Yeah, I think if I was a bum, sometimes I think if I was a bum, I would. I'll always be a good dad. Like I'm not going to abandon my children. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. It's a separate side thought. I thought you were going to say if I was a good bum, I'd be a great dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm just okay. saying like I'd somehow bring bum. my kids along with me on my right. my bum. But sometimes I feel like being a bum would. When I'd be really good at it and it would be less stressful than having like because you know as soon as I say it I'm like I do I, when as soon as I talk through it I'm like I do feel successful and it doesn't stress me out that aspect it's just like when you have deadlines for projects and things yeah, like, yeah. it's more like that it's like we've got to finish this oh it's how good was it it wasn't good enough or like you yeah. know that kind of these expectations and all that like for me it's like who cares we're all going to die anyways I don't care if I was a lo- living room Legend, yeah, <laughs> or cruise boat sensation. <laughs> you, Elaine, the cruise boat sensation. 
Part poet, <laughs> part theater weirdo. <laughs> but I mean, in general, like, yeah, I go to sleep at night and I'm like, we're all good. We're all good. And I feel like, I am really excited for my kids to like, I feel like it's sad. I feel like when they're 16 and 18, then I can be like, all right, kids, like, I've been a great dad, like, stable. We've had a house. Yeah. We've been all good. I got this theater. You've been coming. You had fun. You've seen me. I'm a community member, but now I'm falling off. I'm done. <laughs> like, you want me? Shoot me an email. I'll see you in a week. I'm going and I'm walking around Canada. I'm walking north. I'm walking north. (laughs) Uh, Page me. I'm going to get a pager. Page me. We can meet up. Because it's always like a parenting. It's like, it's got to be there. It's true. You got to give love and be there. That's the fundamentals. Nothing else. Yeah. And and so I just want them to always know I'm there. But sometimes I'm just going to be walking around (laughs) (laughs) stress-free. This sounds like a really good plan, actually. I like it. Well, I, I'm excited for it. I've always, I've always wanted to go to. I actually, I know it's a joke. I've always wanted to walk south too. I wanted to go south, but walking north thing would be great. Like walk to the tip of Quebec. It's like, it's a massive landmass. No one will ever. Everyone's like, yeah, Terry Fox across the country. It's like, no, walk north. Walk north. Run to the tip of Quebec. Who's who's done that? You with me, Dan? I'm pretty with you. I'm wondering if it brings its own stre- stress. I take everything too seriously. So all of a sudden, like now, there's a stress of it. Yeah, you're right. Your Gotta winter, get to the yeah, tip of the- your winter clothes. <laughs> And isn't your backpack heavy? And you gotta put up your camp every night. Yeah, the, when you need the imminent death of a polar bear killing yeah. you. Uh, many ways you could. Yeah, there's a lot of. Well, I mean, I was reading. Someone recommended a book to me, and I I was reading some of it, and it got very. It was a sort of like you have to remove all the layers of materialism, consumerism, Western ideas of this, so you can find your true self. And I was like. Part of me was like, this is such a pile of horse shit. Like, I like having some of these things. I like some of these layers of yeah. Western, whatever you're talking about. Like, but, it, but it also is like, what are the things you should shed? I like that image of like, I don't need this. I don't need this shitty stress. How do you shed? Like Facebook, for example. I keep going back to Facebook. Like, with, those, with, with our generation, I really got that. When I read this article and said, like, kids get exposed to graphic images, all the political news, you know, like, before we had to go seek it out, we had to read yeah. the Globe and read the newspapers, you know, or you wouldn't seek it out, but now it's just right there hitting you, and it stresses you when you remove those. How much do we remove? How much do we sift and filter to, to create a pleasant life for us? It's like with humans, I do it. I find with humans, it's easier. Here at TSE... When people stress me out, I'm like, you're you, not welcome back. <laughs> yeah, okay, way. that's interesting. So you just you choose who you work with. Yeah, well, yeah, you that make makes it clear sense. that you're like, look, our, I always call it a conflict of essence. Instead of saying, like, I just don't like you or something like that, I'm always, because I think that's a bit selfish sometimes. Yeah. But conflict of essences. I feel like if you're, our essences are different. We need, you need to find your new essence pool, you know? Like, <laughs> you need to find your new <laughs> essence pool. Or a different that's essence That's a really pool. gentle rejection. Um, well, that said, you... Okay, let's just get personal between you and me for a minute. Okay. You seem to me like a generally laid-back dude. Yeah, yeah. I'm quite tightly wound. It's true, eh? And I don't even think of myself that way. I don't think of myself that way, but then it's then when I run into people that aren't that way, I'm like, oh, shit, there's another way of being. So we don't have a conflict of essence. You're right. I guess maybe I'm being spiritual, but I think it, that's, the, that's the exterior, Deanne. You sort of come, Aww. but like I know you and, I, and, and you're not, like I know you're not a stressful, you don't, you don't anyways, you don't push your stress. I, I feel like everyone has stress. Everyone's depressed. I always believe that. And I'm not saying it's a negative thing. Yeah. I, I'm super depressed, but I love, like, like, I love having a good time. I'm not yeah. going to let that depression, 
I'll bring it up casually. Let's laugh about depression. Like, it's there because it just eats away at us. So let's not deny it, but let's not let it dominate our lives and be. And same or with you, like, you're neurotic on stage because you're getting out your neurosis. You're communicating it. Yeah. And deep down, I know that you're just like a, you're, you're just a, a lost soul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, I was so lost. Oh, yeah. I was just waiting here on the edge of my seat. Like, tell me, what am I? What am I deep down? <laughs> Damn it. Well, you have a way of expressing yourself, which I would, I believe is an extremely funny way and a great way and very honest. You're very honest and frank about yourself on, on stage and in real life. Yeah, pretty much. And you, you know, that classic, like you wear your emotions on your sleeve kind of thing. And I think that's a, that's a great way to live. Like Sandy Armstrong works. She, she's the same way. I find she's just yeah st- straight out. And uh, but it is interesting to see how. Like yeah, you're right. That in general, I'm pretty much extremely laid back, and you're like a mortally <laughs> wound. But at the end of the day, I find that's we're the same. Let's talk about depression for a second, because you were talking about straight. You just sorry, <laughs> you try to take a sip like of that, your beer. At first, I was like, "Yo, give me the mic, mic check." Deanna Smith, depression. <laughs> what up? What up? That'd be a good rap, actually. Depression rap. You know, I saw an amazing rap battle at on, in Ottawa. It was part of the Canadian Comedy Award Festival. Mm. These guys, they they run it in Toronto. Yeah, rap battles. Yeah, yeah you heard. know them. Well, there's John Blair that does it. Yes. There's Dan Byrne that's done it. Like, apparently, it's just unbelievable. It was crazy. They had this guy on stage, like a comedian, and I forget his name, but he was wonderful. They had him rap battle his depression. <laughs> so, this other guy came up in like black sweats with his sweatshirt up and a, you know, big <laughs> face full of beard. And he was the depression, and the other guy was like the comedian trying to fight it. Wow. It was, it was one of the best live performances I've ever seen, and absolutely the most cathartic performance experience i've ever been a part of because the whole audience was mostly comedians you know how they are yeah, I know. um <laughs> so they flipped out and like depression made everyone so mad that they were actually like throwing things at him on stage oh it was God. so cool um it is crazy how great it is to talk about depression i find i just love it i love or like i would i'm jealous i wish i had seen this depression <laughs> rapping against <laughs> really, the guy who's de- his depressed oh, it was good that's but brilliant. I think it's because it is such a taboo and, and like so many people feel it, but not everybody talks about it. Yeah. And I love talking about it. Like I get down and you're just, it's the blues. It's that classic blues thing. Like it's therapeutic to talk about it. Yeah. Leonard Cohen talks about it too. He's like, I'm not a morose guy. Like if you hang out with me, I'm not going to be like, I'm so down, down, down. <laughs> like he's going to be, you know, I'm sure he's probably a chill guy to hang out with. I don't know for sure, but his songs don't give the impression sometimes, but that's because you're just venting it out. You get it. If you get it out, then it's not inside, and then yeah. it's not dominating your life, and you're not getting suicidal thoughts or some shit. You know what I mean? So I loved like like, I mean, I got depressed hardcore when I was in high school when I conf- confronted death. <laughs> what do you mean? What ha- what? Do- I mean, I get heartbroken and stuff like that. Or okay. When I realize that life's insignificant and we're all gonna die and nothing matters, like it was just when that hit me. Yeah. It was a mess. I couldn't sleep. I even cuddled my mom in her bed. Aww. I talked about it once in my stand-up. And, yeah. And it, it was, you know, I was 16 and I was cuddling my mom because I was scared of death. Like, it was really humiliating. But also... You have the soul of a poet. What can you do? I mean, <laughs> yeah. what can you do? I swear, I, I was just in my bunk bed with my younger brother beneath me, not unable to sleep, staring into infinity, being like, we're gonna, all going to die and nothing matters. Yeah. I could just jump off a cliff and it doesn't fucking matter. Like, nothing matters. 
the galaxies or whatever the galaxy it doesn't matter like and it and and ever since then I, I will still get those thoughts i will still get them it hits me and it's like there it is and you get, and i also get heartbreaking and if i have a fight with a friend i also get like just like oh like god why is that why are we i'm depressed and and i've learned to sort of love it these days i don't know at least you feel alive when you're depressed <laughs> you know you i really do like if I feel fat or bored, I feel, it's just, I hate it. I'm like, I'm not a poet. I'm not funny. I'm nothing but a fat loser guy <laughs> that's bored. <laughs> I think fat is an emotion. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm big. No, it's lovely. <laughs> it, it is an emotion. People have so many wrong ideas about their bodies. I know. I love, I love being oh, slightly, chub, having chub. I love my chub. I love it. <laughs> and I'm totally for the, the promotion of chub. Well, I wanted to ask, now that you have kids, do you still feel like nothing matters? Or have you found some meaning or like, has that idea changed for you? At a core level, honestly, no. Like I, I feel like responsible for them. Yeah. I do feel that for sure. And, uh, I worry sometimes to my daughter, my oldest, that I expose her a bit too much to my sort of sardonic ways or depressive ways. Cause she's already like so cynical and just like <laughs> but i like to think she got like her mother is a very also very cynical woman and i love that's why i fell in love with her and we're, yeah. not, we're not together anymore but uh so i'm like well she could have got it from her too who knows who she got <laughs> her depression for but i'm proud of her depression no. and i definitely get more i is gonna sound really cheesy but it's true i, I get more cry like i get more like I fucking, I'm so happy. I'm just, I fucking love my kids. I'm going to cry tonight in the middle of the night. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to cry because I love those motherfuckers. <laughs> and, I, and I do say, like, I can die. Yeah, let's die. They're going to go on. They're going to get in the boat, and they're going to sail this boat of misery and depression and awesome times <laughs> into whatever ocean that's... I just hope a stress-free Chill ocean. Fest Chill Fest 2039. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good conclusion to, to bring out of this conversation, though, Wick. Who is leading the way to Chill Fest 2039? I just love the idea of a Chill Fest, and I feel like we should do it. Like, let's have it's Chill true. Fest 2015 There aren't year. enough Chill Fests. Oh my gosh! Um, I, I got also very curious if you can think of an example. Maybe you can't, but how does your nine-year-old show her cynical side? What is it all? This is the most. This is, I did this in a play. I had a character say this in a play, and it got huge laughs, but also got kind of got a ah. I was riding my bike with my daughter. This is when she was like six or something. She was way younger already, like maybe yeah. even five. I can't remember. On the Lachine Canal bike path, which on weekends is packed. Yeah, it's like Brooklyn or something. I don't know. I just want it be brooklyn (laughs) it was packed and she's on the back on the seat and we're riding i'm like i don't know where i was riding but she said hey dad i think she said in french too which is even like adds a sort of cinematicness to it but she said hey dad we're all alone and it was like there was people everywhere yeah and i went no adele there's tons of people today she says no but even though there's lots of people we're all alone and I was like, boom. Like, <laughs> wow. A mat, like a philosophical brick just hit my head. Like, and that's the same thing. Like I said, when I, when, I, when I cuddled my mom, that was sort of a similar thing. Like, we're all alone in this world and nothing matters and we're all going to die. And like, I felt like she was saying, like, I don't know if she had the, that exact full thought that I just said, but I couldn't believe she said that. Yeah. It was unbelievable. And, you know, she's always been known as a sort of, Parisian snob, my daughter. I think she just mimed smoking. Yeah. I want people to know that. <laughs> it's, like, it's so funny. My <laughs> six-year-old smoking. Could you tell us what she said in French? Because I think that would be nice for people it's too. Like, Dada, on est tout seul. 
Ben non, Adèle, il y a plein de monde. Mais même s'il y a beaucoup de monde, on est quand même tout seul. Oui. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Boom. I swear to God, we did it like eight straight nights. That line always got like an awesome... A lot of people that were like, it was too... F the show was like, they're like, they're not down with the silly side. They're like, that was a good poetic moment. Mm. Thanks for including that. And thanks for adopting... Well, you know, some part of me is like, I'm so proud of her. I'm like, yeah, that's my daughter. <laughs> She's depressed like me. Fuck, fuck all you happy motherfuckers. <laughs> fuck you yuppies with your... You know, your kid, yeah, sure, your kid's good at karate or something. My kid understands the meaning, <laughs> the meaningless of life. <laughs> But yeah, at the same time, I'm also scared, like, my, my, my ex-wife said, uh, ex-girlfriend, I always get, ex-common, ex-person that I loved. Ex-baby mama? Ex-baby mama. She's still the baby mama, Yeah, though. that's true, so actually. It's just, okay. Anyhow, she said, she's like, sometimes I worry that, or she's like, there's a sadness, like a loss of innocence. It's like, how early do you want them to lose innocence? You don't want to... But with Adele, I do feel like it's natural because I have two boys as well, and they are not saying things like that. They're saying other funky stuff that's cool too in their own way. But like, like that, I think that she's just a natural at it. So yeah, because and I say the same ridiculous shit to those boys. So, and they haven't been saying the most depressing stuff ever. So, <laughs> I think it's part of her personality. Yeah, I, think. I don't know. Parenting is such a. Yeah, that, that's I could, that's a that's another episode. What would you think is the difference between stress and depression? Does 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 one fold into the other? You know what I mean? Is stress a part of depression? Is depression Actually, no, a part yeah, of stress? I feel like there's almost like a way of wording it. Like there's certain types of stress, and there's a big there's a big difference between the stress you feel from maybe having heavy depression or or having a depressive moment because mm -hmm. it's usually very cathartic. Whereas stress, I find, can linger forever. You can, like, you know, if you have Stress an issue with a person and it's not resolved, it just sticks. And every time you think of it, it just comes back. Whereas depression, it's like, it almost always resolves itself. Like, oh, fuck, I'm depressed. But then you get out, you, you rebirth the phoenix. Yeah. You know, I find, in general, anyways. You know, or like, there's like, there's, there's, there's like personal stress. And there's like very, uh, or like, I just feel like the stress I have with my kids is so completely different than the stress I would have with a friend or creative stress, like when you're making a movie or something. Making, yeah. You know, like, it's such a different style of stress. You can actually qual sorry, uh, yeah, qualify stresses yeah. in so many different categories. Where would, you put, where would you put all that stuff? Like creative stress, kid stress, stress with friends or business stress? I guess that's what it is. is for me, depression sort of wipes those all out too. It's like the bigger issue of like, oh... The world where life is insignificant. Yeah. All these stresses mean absolutely nothing. Like whether I make a good film tomorrow, yeah, or a horrible film, I'll be dead and nothing matters. <laughs> like whether I tour Australia <laughs> or or just go and backpack in Singapore, yeah, it doesn't fucking matter. You almost make depression sound like the hero in that scenario. It's, I do think depression is heroic. <laughs> <laughs> It's like de death is a, is something I, I I've said that before too. Like we should embrace it. We should because it, it does unite us when you do really realize that there's no there's no winners and losers in life. We all just die, you know, or there's no like yeah, and we all have pain and it's all equal in the end. We all we all suffer and it makes me like be like I don't care that or like you know it's just Deanne's just Deanne like she's just got this like we're all the same she's gonna die too with it's like fucking high five in the grave and let's just. <laughs> For now, we're not there yet. Is that what let's, you think every time you see me? Hey, Dan, you're going to die too. Just come on in. <laughs> you want to do a quick five? <laughs> All right. Well, 
we're Headli- gonna headliners and bullet bullet people. They all died. You we're know? all gonna die. We're you're going gonna... first. You're closing the show. It doesn't matter. We're all closing the show. If you know what I mean. <laughs> we're gonna have to wrap this up at some point. I don't want to. Well, I, I feel like we could talk it. forever. I to you of like you know, just like in terms of or my for me stand up comedy is something that's it's sad that stand up comedy gets permeated by so much stress. I feel like there's so much stress of like who's getting on, how much time do I get? Will I oh, get that's because yeah, year? everyone's neurotic and crazy and depressed, yeah, like you say. But I don't. But when I get to know stand-ups, I, I love most of them. I find are really great people. There's obviously there are exceptions, yeah. But like in general, and then you, and then you see a show where it's just permeated by stress. I feel sometimes you're like, why is everyone being so stressy? Yeah. And then but when I see your style comedy, it reminds me of Pete Holmes, where it's. Even though you're a neurotic crazy man, like <laughs> or crazy crazy man, you're, you're, I'll take it. I like your gender it. changes. <laughs> I when like you become it. Your, no, but uh, like Pete Holmes, I've, he seems like he's crazy too. I know he's crazy. I've met him back here, and yeah. he's just like he's a bit of a nut. But he, he creates so much joy and no lack of stress. When you watch his set, like when I watch your set, there's no stress in my heart. Oh, that's great. Whereas when you see this, a lot of comics, I found that they create this stress, which is, I find it sad. I, I aspire to create a joy in comedy. Yeah. No stress. I think good I, comedy should have no stress involved in it. Yeah, for like sure. Like you can bring up stresses, but in fun. general, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no stress. I think, the, I think the comedy you might be seeing that makes you feel stressed, or at least the type that makes me feel stressed, is when it's obvious that the comedian or, or the performer, whatever it is, wants something from the audience like I think you have to be willing to just give what you have and let it hit how it hits but if you want something and you're there for a real reason and there's like one reaction that's going to make you happy then you're going to be stressed as a performer and you're going to give that back out that's what I think expectations often yeah Calvin and Hobbes said I keep my expectations extremely low That that when I get a C I'm fucking ecstatic. Yeah. I love that you just referenced Calvin Hobbes. <laughs> but I find expectations are, are can be detrimental to, and they can create tons of stress. If you expect to be... That's the thing with success. Is if you expect success at such a high level and stuff, it creates so much stress. And Which is... It, there's a, that other argument of like, if I want to be the best, if I expect the best, and I stress out to be the best, I will be the best. You know, like that yeah. sort of American-style thing I find... Well, it's not even just American. It's everywhere. And I'm, yeah, I feel like we're entering a new era where that, that is being pushed aside. But like I, like I said, the generation of stress, I don't know. It's just a fucking hurricane <laughs> of paradoxes and contradictions when you come to think of it. All right. Let's I'm just glad that I can sit on an island with Deanne right now. I feel like we're on a little couch island. Yeah, we are floating. on a couch island. Yeah. This is great. And okay, let me just do this because I like to close things in a ridiculous way. Okay. We asked the question, how can I fight stress? Let's leave our listeners with five ways, like concrete, five ways, concrete ways, concrete things to do to fight stress. What can you say? What would you say? Definitely for me, walking okay. is huge. I know it's a cliche, but like go fucking walk. Walk. And if you can, head north. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Northern walks. Northern walks. That's one. Watch Deanne Smith's comedy. Watch Deanne Smith's comedy. I like it. That's number two. You got three more. I Don't overthink this. It's like go and just do like a stupid dance. That's a great one. Honest, like oh, I wish you could see his shoulders and neck right now. Stupid dance, like the stupidest dance, and put on like a good sort of like banjo style song, like or like you know ukulele style song. It's really like <laughs> and just do a, a beat. Little dance All right, do a little dance. Like a, just giggle it up. 
Just go somewhere. Just do it. Right, walk north. Watch my comedy. Do a little dance. Two more. Ditch your expectations. Yeah. Don't have expectations. Just enjoy, it's once again cliche, but enjoy those. Enjoy the fucking moments you're having with people and let those explode. Explode moments. <laughs> Have less expectations and just try to blow up moments. Blow up your moments. Yeah. Man, this was awesome. Oh, I think, is that four or is that five? Well, if, if is get rid of your expectations and blow up moments oh, the okay. same one, I was, taking that as a, I was taking that as the final one. But if you have one more, I'm happy to hear it. Well, I would say just, just let the hurricanes turn into f- feathers. <laughs> I think that was perfect. Everybody, let the hurricanes turn, turn into, into feathers. feathers. <laughs> Questionable at Best is available every Thursday at nomoradio.com. Check out the website to join in on the weekly Questionable at Best comment thread. Head over there. Talk about this stuff with us. Weigh in. Ask more questions. Answer questions. Get involved. Paint a fence. Make it happen. Join the community. I don't know if there's a community, you guys, and paint a fence is not a thing that people say, so I don't know why I just said it. But um, just go over there. I would love to continue this conversation with you. Support for the No More Radio Podcast Network comes from the Montreal Improv Theater. Check them out at montrealimprov.com. Our cool graphic was designed by Charlie Sneaker. Her work is on Instagram, charlie underscore design. That's Charlie with a Y. Do not be fooled. Our super sweet intro and outro music, which you're listening to right now, was composed by comic and renaissance man Mike Carosa. His Twitter is Mike Carosa. That's two R's, two Z's, two A's, although not sequentially. You'll figure it out. Also, I just said renaissance man. If you are listening in the UK, I say to you, renaissance man. I'm Deanne Smith. I have an internet presence. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will see you again next week. <laughs>